Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeinabook.com It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audio book using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my MyLifeInABook.com journey and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions and you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. P. At checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my spooky, spooky partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? Wait, was I supposed to do like a? I don't know, man. I, voice? This, I don't, I'm not. I'm not really feeling comfortable doing this, so <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna dive in, guys. It's, uh, it's Halloween, but I mean, like Fran said on Serial and Serial, I mean, I, we're 27. I, I'm not going to go trick-or-treating this no. week. Uh, Fran has a kid, though, yeah. so you can't be as uh, cynical about Halloween as I can. You have to embrace it a little bit, right? No. You got an outfit for Sophia, a billy goat? or Yeah, she's like a ballerina. All right. That's, uh, you got to do something do something Coco, man. I didn't I didn't. I didn't do it. You got a brown kid, man. You got so, so many options this this Halloween. You, she could have been. She could have been T'Challa from she, Black Panther. She didn't want to. No Moana. Nah, she didn't want that. Gosh. Steph is being something from Coco though. That's selfish. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to, man. Did Sophia not want to, or did Stephanie not want? Her? No, she want. <laughs> no, didn't, she I, she didn't want to be Coco. Also, I am. She so didn't want to be. It was either like a ballerina. She likes the movie Leap. I don't know if you know anything about no. that movie. Okay, it's, ba- it's about it's a ballerina. Yeah, Leap. And then it's either that or Dr. Stuffins. You don't know anything about that. Yeah, I don't know but any of these she things. Didn't, <laughs> she didn't know, know that. So, no, I haven't seen Leap, man. That's so she not wanted to be a ballerina. Yep. 
Yeah, Leap isn't on my <laughs> Netflix queue. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm definitely going to be eating a lot of candy this week, though. I always, you know, get some bags. Sierra likes to give the kids candies. Last year, a kid came up to uh, our doorstep dressed as a sandwich, and we thought it was just like a chill outfit. Mm. And then we asked him what kind of sandwich he was, and he said he was, like, whatever his name was. Still a funny joke to this day. We still bring it up. He's like, I'm a, I'm a Steve sandwich. <laughs> and it was like, it was like so subtle it was it was like a well-written like light joke that i don't even know if he knew how funny it was no but we still laugh about that a year later like this fucking guy came up to us and said he went what kind of sandwich are you i'm a steve sandwich it was it was just a perfect list of those little moments a kid will say something that they don't even know how funny it was yeah. and that was one of those moments but um yeah the the halloween spirit is kind of being negated by the actual spookiness of the world and we uh made a not a vow but we try to steer away from the politics on this podcast because it's just the age that we're in right now it's just always something but this week and this month was particularly crazy so started off i'm gonna inform you fred because i don't know i don't know how how much you keep up i know you don't really watch the news like that like i don't watch the news at all i hate the news so so basically i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a short synopsis and i just want to uh, move on because I don't want to deep dive, but I want to update you, and I also want to just just put it out there for the world to discuss and understand. You know, it's a scary time, but we just gotta, you know, go out November sixth, go out and vote, vote your conscience. I'm not telling anybody what political affiliation, you know, to to choose, but I'm just you only can change things by voting. So this in this past thirty days, there was a journalist named Jamal Khashoggi, right? He was getting married uh, out, and he went to the Turkish embassy to get some kind of, like, a marriage license or something. Mm-hmm. His wife's outside. The dude goes into the embassy to go get this paperwork. And he was ambushed in a plan that was already, you know, had already been uh, put in place, apparently. And it's coming out. The facts are starting to come out that that's exactly what happened. By the Saudi Arabian government, mm. they they were in there waiting for this man, and when he went in, he never waiting came. for him specifically. Yeah, okay. He's a journalist. He said some kind of um, mm. some not so nice things about the prince uh, Ben Solomon, that is the prince of Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. So they got him up out of here. Mm. It's how it's looking. President Donald Trump comes out and says, "Well, yeah, I mean, we don't really have all the facts right now, but you know, we spend a lot of money over there, so I don't really want this to damage that." situation basically saying yeah man that's crazy what happened but we're gonna still do business with these people Mm -hmm. and this he continued a long line of administrations not condemning the actions of the saudi arabian government because of money interests Mm -hmm. and i thought barack obama might have took taken a stance off of some you know some questionable things that that government has done but every president has seemed to just kind of let it slide for the money. Mm-hmm. But in in this case, Saudi Arabia is about to make this huge move. They're supposed to be building this this like whole city. So the WWE went over there and they're doing wrestling shows because they mm. all want to get a piece of the money over there. Mm. So everybody had to back off when this guy got killed, this journalist, Khashoggi. Mm. So everybody had to back off, but it's looking like they're just going to back off till the heat dies down and then go right back into the situation. And this guy, you know, was murdered and he got... They took a bone saw, chopped him up. They had a guy there, took the clothes off of this guy, Jamal Khashoggi, put them on a guy that kind of looked like him a little bit, and then had him go out of the embassy and walk around 
so he could get caught on camera like, no, see, he left. So we don't know what happened. But all that got blown up, you know. And so now it's looking like this guy was just assassinated in, in an embassy and murdered. And, you know, and within the next 30 days, everything's just going to go back to business as usual. Mm. This was overshadowed then by somebody sending bombs out to fucking Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and, and, and all kind of other officials yeah, in the Democratic that. Party. Yeah. And no, none of them went off, thankfully. But that's crazy as hell, man. Yeah. Like, shit is wild out here. And, and so the cynical people who are pro-Trump were like, eh, they probably sent them to themselves. What? Which was like, they said they probably sent them to themselves so that people will go out and vote against Donald Trump. But it's like, that's a, that's kind of a broad plan mm-hmm. to think that that's going to be the outcome. Like, people are going to hear this story, blame Donald Trump because he says horrible things, mm-hmm. and then people are going to be so fired up that that's going to move them. Like Because basically in this country right now, it's like, you either are for Donald Trump, you're against Donald Trump. There's not there, there's yeah. people in the middle, but not enough that like that would be the thing that swayed him. Like everybody's already heard everything Donald Trump said. If that his hasn't taken you off the fence, his rhetoric, then uh, somebody mailing bombs to somebody isn't going to be like, well, you know, well, I didn't I, I didn't care about the horrible shit that he said before. But now his horrible shit has caused people to do something. So now I'm on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. It's just is a crazy thing. And it's just all oh, it's just. So many uh, spins and people taking something. And uh, I did personally think that the van was kind of weird. So they found this van after the guy got arrested. Mm-hmm. And this it was it was like um, it was like a perfect little piece of chocolate for people that are conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. They found a van that had uh, Barack Obama and cross like the guy's van. They found the guy that sent the bombs out mm-hmm. and his van was plastered in anti-Democrat, anti-liberal, anti-gay stickers like a billion stickers slapped all over his windows so much to the point that it was like damn this is kind of convenient man like the guy that they found they have footage of him at a, at a trump rally mm-hmm. and then they find his van and it's covered in stickers with uh, hillary clinton and the crosshairs of guns and barack mm. obama and you know uh death to the liberals and all this kind of stuff where it was like it was like this kind of if i was a conspiracy theorist i'd call bullshit on this whole thing like the guy is a is a Trump uh, stan, and they found him at the Trump rallies, and his van is covered in all these stickers. It's just so convenient. Like, it was almost too much of a bow. Like, well, look at the guy. No questions here. Clearly, we see why he sent the bombs out. He's a Trump guy. Trump got him, you know, in his mind, and he did this. So mm-hmm. that's case closed. It was too perfect of a case closed. And I don't, whenever I see those, I always get skeptical. Mm. When you, you, the guy killed the guy, the gun was in his hand, they found him covered in blood, and, uh, you know, he was right around the corner from where the guy is like, it's too, this is too convenient. You guys didn't have to work at all. So any kind of case like that, I'm a little skeptical, but I don't think it's some weird conspiracy. But then, as if the world hasn't been crazy enough and evil enough, yesterday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Somebody walked into a synagogue of a temple of Jewish people praying and killed 11 people. It's 11? 11. It was eight at first, but after all the smoke cleared, maybe some people were in critical and have now passed. Mm-hmm. I, I believe the death toll is up to 11. 
and we're from Baltimore, and we kind of have a rivalry with Pittsburgh, but that's all fake, man. Like, we, there's a lot of people in Baltimore that are from Pittsburgh. Some of the coolest people that I know are from Pittsburgh, and uh, here in Baltimore, we have a little community called Pikesville, where there's a synagogue there, and it kind of became this hub, where because a lot of Jewish people live in within the vicinity of the of the synagogue so they can walk. Mm. So most places where you see a synagogue, it's usually probably a little Jewish community. But it's a great place to go if you want to find a kosher deli or, you know, a lot of Jewish people are great uh, jewelers and do watch, like, fix watches and things like that. So it's not like, uh, it's like boring Chinatown. Mm. Like, Chinatown's more touristy. Like, if you go to a place that has a Chinatown and you get all the Chinese cultural experiences, yeah. but people also on the street selling you shit. Yeah. And places that are, uh, like, Jewish communities... They're just Jewish people living their life and want to be close to where they pray. So they kind of set up camp around the synagogue and mm-hmm. build houses and have schools and all this kind of stuff. But it's not anti. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can't come in there if you're if you're not Jewish. Right. It's just where they set up so they can be near the place where they worship. Mm-hmm. And somebody went into their, that place and massacred people. And then the president got on television and is supposed to be a oh, leader. Yeah, I heard about this. And he says... Well, yeah, you know, they should have had guns in there, and then probably it wouldn't have happened. And we've discussed this on this podcast before, and that it, re- and then he also said, but I think this is going to be a, dis- a debate for, like, forever. Basically just affirming, like, hey, man, the people that got me here, they like guns, so I'm not going to be the guy that changes any of the laws about guns. Just to let y'all know, let that be clear right now. Mm-hmm. That's not even going to be talked about under my presidency. So, and we've talked about this on this podcast where it's like, I don't want to believe that that's the world we live in where you can't go anywhere without security, a gun. I don't want to believe that. And so for the president to say that it really bummed me out because that's a church. Yeah. And he's saying, well, y'all should have had guys at the doors with M16s and then that wouldn't have happened. And it's like, really? Like, really? That's the, that's the, uh, is that a logical uh, answer to some people? Where it's like, yeah, that's a good point. You always gotta have, you always gotta stay strapped, even at church. So it's their fault. That's how I took that when he said it was like, mm-hmm. what do you mean they should have had people there with guns? They were at church, you know, their mm-hmm. place of worship. And you're saying, well, you know, they did some things that caused them to be in that situation. So again, I don't people. Um, I want to move forward and not dive too deep. But even just saying that, people will say we just got super political because the definition of what political is has become, I don't like what you're saying and I didn't come here for this, Mm -hmm. so that's political. But that's what happened in the world this month. Yeah. And it was crazy as shit. And I just kind of wanted to bounce it out and put it out there that that's not okay to blame people because they got shot. To say that they should have had security... You got to have security at the schools. You got to have security at the church. You got to have security if you go to the movies. You got to mm-hmm. have security if you go to the park. You got to have security. It's just really like, like we do we really need to be under government? Like that's like authoritarianism. You, 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 everywhere you go needs to be secured and people standing around with guns to protect us from us. And that's a very slippery slope. So I don't like that. But anyway, uh, let's get out of that. And let's um let's dive into these good vibes to try to just wash off the dirt of the world and and, and put a smile on. Good, 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 good vibration. Good.
Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to another segment of Good Vibes. Uh, I got a nice little short one, friends. So I'm just going to bust mine out real quickly. Okay. Um, so uh, I want to give a shout out to um, Alyssa Turtle and somebody else. I can't remember who. Alyssa did it today, so I was able to see it pretty quickly. But I saw this video at another point this weekend of uh, a class of kids surprising the I don't know the I don't know the the PC term for the janitor. I know there's like a like a like a big boy word mm-hmm. for it. I'm not remembering it right now, so I'm gonna call him a janitor. Um, so they surprised the janitor and and signed him happy birthday because he's deaf. Mm-hmm. So uh, in uh, Tullahoma, Is Tennessee, it the custodian. Uh, yeah, but they say like some of the people say like I'm a custodial engineer. Oh shit! Where that's like. About that. That's going big. <laughs> so the custodian, bam, the custodian. Uh, so basically, it was a beautiful surprise for the janitor. They say it in the store, so I'm going to read how, how it said. The janitor of a Tennessee elementary school who was celebrating his 60th birthday. The kindergarten class of Mrs. Alyssa Hart, Hartsfield and Mrs. Amy Hersman at Hickerson Elementary School in Tullahoma learned how to sign the happy birthday song. The students learned the song with the help of a teacher's aide named Shelley Lucas and the school's nurse, Angela Ritt Reidner. Uh, when Mr. James, who is hearing impaired, impaired, came into the class, the students began to sing happy birthday in sign. And he was so happy and delighted, he excitedly threw his hands over his head and became emotional. According to the school, James Anthony has been with Coffee County Elementary School's since 1991 and has been a part of the Hickerson Elementary School family for 15 years. And uh, the reason that I wanted to put a, a light on this is that this is becoming like a viral trend. And it's a viral trend I can get all abo- on board with as opposed to Catch Me Outside. And the newest thing is this, this black girl that thinks she's white that was on oh, Dr. Phil, yeah. which is that's bananas. <laughs> I can fully get on board with a bunch of kids giving some praise to the guy that cleans up their chocolate milk and mm-hmm. has to hear kids screaming all day. Some people, maybe that's what they, I would assume you have to have some kind of temperament that leans towards kids to do it for a living. But some people, it's just a job. Is It's a job. Yeah. Is he black? Yeah, he's a black guy. Okay. Um, he's a black deaf guy. And then before this was another guy, a younger guy with dreadlocks. He came into the auditorium and the whole school of kids was in there and yeah. gave, screamed at him and all this kind of stuff. And... So it seems like it's starting to become a trend. Mm. And I say keep it going, man. Like, um, I, I never liked uh, the student aptitude tests and all these kind of tests that tell you what you should be doing for a living. Because at the end of the day, somebody has to do the jobs that nobody wants to do. Yeah. So I think that's very underappreciated in society. Uh, not everybody is going to be Elon Musk. Not everybody's going to be... LeBron James, mm. you know, the pinnacle of every type of athlete, scientist, you know, whatever. Everybody, some people just are just going to work and be a good person, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody can be a good person. So it, the working part, it's some it's it's not always it always doesn't matter. You don't always have to change the world with your job. Sometimes you just work and change the world with how you treat people. And uh, being a custodian is a job that nobody grows up. And as a kid, it says that's what they want to be. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the chips fall that way. It's a, it, you know, it's a job. You get a paycheck. 
it you know it's it's there, there's no work shaming allowed on this podcast you know so i appreciate some kids and the teachers getting together and saying hey man we appreciate you for doing what you do here because uh timmy shit last week mm. and you got the hose and you sprayed it and got it up out of here and nobody wanted to do that job so somebody had to come and do that job you know and, and that's just how it goes sometimes every job isn't some glamorous you get a ferrari and you pull up and movies photo shoots and all this kind of stuff some people it's just work and you just work and be a good person but that was my good vibe story this week shout out to mr james and shout out to everybody at the tulahoma uh elementary school for doing such a beautiful thing you know what's crazy like when you see videos like that on facebook and i don't know if you read the comments but mm-hmm. the first thing you see the first thing i see is always there's not a bit of racism in that room i always see that i don't yeah. know if you notice like with kids, with, you mean like I mean in just, kids videos just, or just if any, just any video of if like it's a black person and just white white people, people white you know kids yeah. or whatever. It's just always like that one that you was just talking about. Yeah, the that other was, one, it was that was like, like a that was a class full of white people. Yeah, for it was sure, like it's not a yeah. it's not a bit racist. It, it, it's like it's like now and that comes up all the time now. Like yeah, man, maybe it has been, but I just I haven't noticed it till like you know recently. You know, all this all the shit is going exactly. on. Exactly, I think that's what it is. Is that um, people use and it, it's this sounds bad but people some people use these videos to remain ignorant mm-hmm. some people say you know with all the crazy stuff going on in the world i thought i'd share something like this and sometimes they mean it but there are people out there that go like see like it's not that bad like s- this <laughs> bad stuff happens but good stuff happens too mm-hmm. that's just how the world works but uh, in a world where, you know, people are getting run down on in parking lots and getting berated about why are you in my neighborhood and yeah. people getting followed to their doorsteps because they don't think you belong in their apartment building and all this kind of stuff. This is not new. Um, there was a conversation that happened on the Facebook group about somebody said, and, and, and I'm I'm not attacking this person, but it definitely was like, well, no, you're wrong. And I, and I think that um, it comes with, you know, uh, People people are inherently uh, self-centered. So if you are a white woman, a white man, a black man, a black woman, you typically, there are some people who, you know, like to focus on other people's struggles and help out, but you typically kind of focus on what affects you. You know, police make me nervous because of experiences that we have both had. And I'm just getting pulled over and a police officer wanting to catch us up and be like, hey, man, look, if you got a little weed in the car, just hey, it's cool. I I'm cool. Forget, I never forget. I'm that. cool. You think if we would have said, oh, like, yeah, well, we got some weed in the car. They would have been like, all right, man, whatever. Like, no, they would have fucking put us in jail. Like, so, you know, that. I don't I don't you know, and other, I've had experiences where, you know, just police pull you over to just 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 check your car and being kind of dickish to you so mm-hmm. th- that's that's my experience and there's other people who haven't had none of those experiences so to them they go man it's crazy until donald trump came along i was under the impression that america was moving really forward in this way and that you know racism was starting to die down and everybody was starting to get a fair shake in the world and I, I, this 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 whole donald trump thing has really opened my eyes like no this was always happening it just was more covert mm-hmm. now donald trump came along and people are becoming emboldened to be like yeah no fuck you man i don't yeah. you know it's, it's, it's become more overt for sure but that's why you're hearing black people come out in such a loud way because before when we would say these things we look crazy because it was covert mm-hmm. when you go yeah man i can't catch a cab and they go oh man whatever that's just a stereotype man he did not pick you up because you're black it's like 
No, man, you see all these people not being able to get in their apartment without getting hurt. This is what happens, man. But before, we look crazy mm. when you say, uh, yeah, that lady was following me around the store. It's like, well, they probably follow everybody around the store, man. They don't want people to steal their things. It's like, no, man, this is this is overtly racist. But now people are coming out and being like, I don't like people like you. You're what's wrong with the country. Donald Trump is going to fix this, you know, and videos like that make people be able to go see it's all just we're all good where everybody can be get along and it's at the end of the day you know love conquers all and i like to believe that too but you can't use videos of positivity to uh keep the blinders on Mm -hmm. you can you can love this video of mr james and, and the kids and it's all sweet and yeah there's no racism that's great but there is racism in the world don't use this to be like see there's no racism right. this black guy came in all the white <laughs> kids signed him happy birthday oh the world's great what are you guys talking about it's like the both things can be true mm. there can be things that need to be fixed about this country racially and there can be people who uh aren't racist there can be people who aren't uh prejudice and mean and whatever but there can also be people who are and i don't think that using these kind of videos to negate bad things is 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 great i think using them to uplift people and say hey man this is a sign of what we could be Mm -hmm. is the way to use these videos and that's how i think everybody in the facebook group who was sharing it was used i don't think anybody was saying like see no what are people talking about racist like look at this black guy getting signed happy birthday uh but yeah the video is wonderful but I don't want people to do to use it as a weapon to to combat people uh, screaming for inequality. But that went <laughs> that went right, and we we're supposed to be in good vibes, <laughs> and I started to get you know down that yeah, rabbit hole. Yeah, but I again. mean, like I just I mean, what I was it's just something that I've been seeing a lot. Yeah, and, for sure. It's just the so, climate we're in, man. Right. That's just the climate that we're in. Everything is racial, you know, and. It, you know, it's 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 crazy out there, man. It really is. It's it really is a wild time. But hey, man, right, let's, uh, bring, let's do, bring us back. Let's yeah, do you? Hey, man, what do you got? <laughs> we got some good vibes. So my uh, good vibe this this week is this bride bride to be has prompted an outpouring of kindness and inspiration after she used her broken engagement as an as an excuse to help a woman whom she had never met before. Mm. After Colby Sanders ended her engagement a week before the date, I mean. Damn. To me, I'm like, you got what's the deets? Yeah, man, spill that's I need <laughs> spill the, <laughs> spill the tea, sis. I mean, did he le- just leave? Yeah. Like, did you break it off? A week? Well, she said she broke it off. Oh, she broke it yeah. off. Oh man, that's that's cold, yeah, man. That a is. week before, a week before is like we have the venue set up. There's things. In yeah, motion. I mean, I'm a things are paid for. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so she ended her engagement a week before the date. I mean, you had plenty of time. I mean, yeah, I'm, he, I'm she must have caught her fuck. Caught him fucking her friend or something. something. Um, she had the chance to keep her wedding venue venues res- reservations for um, a later time, but the twenty four year old maybe I mean she is young. yeah that's young man that's kind of young to that's get young. married man. So, but the twenty four year old had a better idea. She would give the thirty five hundred dollar wedding package to any couple who would be willing to get married within the week. Oh, so she says with my engagement ending. I've come to find tremendous peace in knowing that I did the right thing for the both of us. Mm. With that being said, now I wanted to do the right thing by end by right thing by others and let some good come out of this decision. Yeah. Sanders, who is a student from top, from Taylor, Texas, 
made a social made a social media post asking people to send her nominations for couples who deserve a free wedding. Like, how do you know that? How do you like? What if you win it for them? Like, go ahead, because I feel like what what I'm hearing is the contest. I'm like, it, are you supposed to like say, hey man, we're in love, but we just don't have any money. So can we have your wedding? Or is it a friend saying, hey man, my friends are great. Maybe it's both. Because the other one is weird. Like, you being a friend who just assumes that these two people want to get married, mm-hmm. and then they, then you come to them like, hey, man, I want you guys a wedding. And they're like, oh, we didn't want to do that. So <laughs> uh, why would you do that? Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, for the guys, like, I don't know if he had any, you know, decision in this. Yeah, they're like, um, I wanted to sell, uh, sell it. Yeah. And get my money back. Yeah. <laughs> so, and can I have my ring back? You and, ended it. So. Yeah, like... <laughs> So the post was shared. I didn't thousands. even think about that. Like, yeah, not only am I not going to marry you, I'm going to give this away to somebody. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's 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 savage. He must have. I'm going to assume he did something. This wasn't just like, well, I've we've grown apart. I feel like something happened it's, to it's, ruin. It's a this. lot more. It's a big hole in this story. It's yeah. Either, it's either I, to me. I think it's either they was just both young. One, uh-huh. he was an older guy. She's a younger woman. He wanted to get married. Yeah. I don't know, but because that's yeah, th- th- there's definitely something missing in this. I- I'm I'm crafting it into <laughs> this is something being kind out of spite. Nah, like I'm gonna nah, give nah, this nah. away to somebody because fuck you. Maybe you fucked my friend Marissa. Maybe, but those dumb details is not in this. That's just not. Yeah, nah, oh, not, juicy, not the juicy deets. Yeah. So the post, the post then was shared a thousand was shared thousands of times. And as more and more people saw her call for action, local business and community members volunteered to help. A makeup artist, a hairstylist, and a photographer all offered up their service for the big day free of, free of charge. Mm, wow. Which I think is cool. That is really cool. Uh, local bakeries and, and chefs donated dozens of food and pastries for the reception. This is, this is great. It's yeah. really... Th- I love community... Uh, Stories, yeah, where it's like everybody got on board. Mm-hmm. That's sweet, that's awesome. Others donated flowers, decorations, and accessories. After reviewing hundreds of love stories and submissions, Sanders wrote down the names of all the most worthy nominations and put them into a bowl. See, this is where it gets weird again. <laughs> it's where it gets weird again. It's like it's like a Hunger Games for your wedding. It's, it's not. You uh, take, I guess everybody's story was great, Mm -hmm. but instead of picking one, so instead of like, I would much rather you pick the most touching story than to to go, all five of your stories were touching. Now let's just leave it to the odds. Yeah. You know, because like, what if you, the one you pick is like, this story was great, but there was another one in there that just like made me cry, Mm -hmm. but they didn't get it because I just put all the names in a bowl. Yeah, man, but, you know, God works in mysterious ways. That's true. So I'm going to go ahead and finish my story. Okay. Hey, man, go ahead. So she then drew out a name of Haley Hipsher. Hipsher was overwhelmed with joy due to her grandfather's recent stage of state of recent stage four cancer diagnosis. Mm. She had been considered as a candidate so that her beloved sick family member could see her walk down the aisle. Mm. Yeah, well, that, that sounds like a winner to me. Yeah, I mean. That's where my story ends, but oh, okay. Haley Hipsher was. That's why I'm saying that you know, God works in mysterious ways. Yeah, and it happens to be her that her family member give get you know gets a chance to see her walk down the aisle and her get married. I mean, the other people in that bowl stories must have been 
just as incredible because if that was one where you go, this one's this one's heartwarming, but it's just still a five way tie. So I'm gonna put all these in a bowl mm. and just give it pick it randomly. The other stories must have been pretty crazy too. But shout out to Haley Hipshire. Shout out to what's this young lady's name that came up with this whole thing? Her name is Colby Sanders. Colby Sanders. Uh, I I hope that you weren't done wrong by this man, but I'm gonna assume that you were because giving away. I feel like um. I don't have any experience with people calling off weddings and, and all that kind of th- stuff, but I feel like the the uh, adult thing to do is like sp- split it or sell it, and then you split the money or something like that, yeah. unless it ends super fucked up. Yeah. Would you want your your ring back if that in that scenario? Um, depends. Depends on what? The price. The price of the ring. <laughs> yeah. I want my I want I want my ring back regardless, but. Um, I won't ask for it back if it didn't end in a, t- a oh, ba- if, a bad oh, okay. Way. Oh, like if, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, cause that's all, that's kind of like aggressive. So if she like fucked your best friend. Yeah. I want my ring back. back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But if it's I like, agree. Hey, we kind of, we're rushing into this. I think we should maybe take some time and maybe, you know, come back maybe, and maybe we will, maybe we won't get back together, but I think we both need some growing to do. Then it's like, all right, well, that was a conversation we had. Mm. I want my ring back because yeah. I can sell it or keep it, and I think it's bad luck to give it to another girl. I think that's one thing you don't do, but you sell it, make your money back, but also who would know if it's the, the first ring. that exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like that. So, exactly. like, you wow. can say <laughs> I sold it, but then you just keep it for the next girl yep. that you fall in love with and use it on her. Mm-hmm. But nobody would know that unless nope. you told them. Yep. Um, but Don't speak it up. It's not that Yeah, easy. exactly. So um, I would want my ring back in that scenario, but I wouldn't ask for it back. But I like to think that um, in I, I've picked girls that I've dated in my life, including Sierra, that if, if uh, if that was to happen, they would just give me the ring back because they're good people and at least offer. And then you can do the thing where it's like they offer it back and you want it back, but you go, no. You know, you want to be uh, mature. You go, mm-hmm. no, you, you keep that. We had good times. You, you hold on to that. And then they'd be like, no, take it. I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. If you, if, you, <laughs> if, you, if, you go, if you go, are you sure? You go up like that on the, are you sure? Well, I mean, all right, if you don't want it, you know, bink, take that. Yeah. You know, you know. Um, but I like to think that the women that I've been in relationships with are mature and wouldn't keep it. If they don't, if the love is not there anymore and we're not being together, what's the reason to keep it other than cause it's jewelry. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've dated any like material, crazy materialistic girls is like, well, no, I still want it. Mm-hmm. You know, I put it on the necklace so I can sell it. You know, I mean, you don't know until it actually, happens. that's true. That's true. man. people only show you what they want you to see, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was like a good story, but there's a lot missing there. Oh that yeah, would make that a great story. Most maybe not as much for good vibes. I need to see what the other. I, don't, I need to know. Yeah, I need to know what the guy did. Twitter or something. Yeah, yeah, I need to find the thread of this whole story. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but yeah, that was, that was a fun, th- uh, fun good vibes. Um, shout out to everybody involved in that. What I want to do is I want to take a quick break, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna send you off to a Halloween classic, the Monster Mash. One of my favorite Halloween songs. Very short list of what a Halloween song is, but as far as they're concerned, this is you know top five Halloween song. How the Monster Mash? That's the song. Yeah. Oh, I thought you, you should have played like you know uh, Michael Jackson. 
What, Thriller? Yeah. How did you play that? We don't got Thriller money, man. I'm scared of them. I'm scared of the Michael Jackson estate. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I don't think I'll ever play the Michael Jackson music on here. They seem like they're petty. Enough. They're, I was bold enough to play Prince once. It won't happen again. Michael Jackson's team seem like they're they're bold enough to be like, hey man, you played a song on there. We need money. So I'm not, I'm not gonna touch that. You never take no chances on that. Yeah, no no chances on Thriller. That's like you gotta pay an M to even. To play Thriller on Halloween, and I don't have an M. No, I mean, you got an M? No. Then it won't be being played on here. I'm like, y'all suing the wrong people. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to get that. I have some M&Ms, uh, but the Monster Mash, I think, is public domain, I believe. It's like a song everybody oh, can play. Okay, so right. it's like it's, nobody's going to come after you for playing Monster Mash. <laughs> so we're going to play Monster Mash, and when we come back, we're going to tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. <laughs> All right, and we are back, folks. For this Halloween, I wanted to pick a something with some some mystery and some 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 darkness and some spookiness. So, friend, my affirmative murder this week is the unsolved murder okay. of, the, of the boy in the box. That's what I like. On February 23rd, 1957, a man was checking his muskrat traps in the woods off Susquehanna Road in Fox Chase, Philadelphia, when he came upon a baby in a bassinet box with a dead body in it. Hmm. Knowing that his muskrat traps were illegal, the man decided against reporting the body. Wow. Two days later, a college student named Frederick Benossis was spying on the girls at the Good Shepherd School when he, too, came upon the body. The same? The same body. Okay, gotcha. Found in very dubious circumstances. I picture him, like, in a in a tree with binoculars, <laughs> spying on girls in their underwear. Hmm. Very 60s vibe. Panty raid! Jump, run in and steal stuff out of their thing. But then he stumbles upon a body. Benassis was also reluctant to notify the police, probably because he was being a pervert. So they're like, oh, man, what, what were you doing out in the woods? Um, uh, hunting, bird watching. It's like at night. <laughs> um, so uh, but a day later, he nonetheless reached out to the authorities. The body was that of a young child who has since become known as the boy in the box. Mm. The boy was completely naked, and his hands and feet were wrinkled as if he had been submerged into water before he died. Mm. Furthermore, his esophagus contained a dark substance, suggesting that he might have vomited shortly before he died, mm. the cause of which appeared to be several blows to the head. Surprisingly, even though the case attracted significant media attention, no one ever came forward to identify the boy. However, progress was made in 2002 when a psychiatrist contacted the authorities with information regarding the case. The psychiatrist claimed that a patient of hers, a woman named Mary, 
confided that her parents had bought the um, the America's unknown child and used him as a sex toy. According to Mary, her mother had been bathing the boy when he suddenly threw up. Angered, Mary's mother beat him to death. Mary claimed that she accompanied her mother to Northeast Philadelphia woods where they wrapped the boy in a blanket, placed him in a box, and left him there. So... She was upset because he threw up. Is that the? Yeah. Um. Maybe she, the the contrast of her cleaning him, and then making a mess. Now I'm gonna get to this. Is this this story is not the like this is still unsolved. Yeah. So this but this is just. Uh, I was just trying to go over some some of the details you said. Mm-hmm. And he said he was bought. He was bought. Something like uh oh. something like uh. Um, what's my boy? The kid from uh, the documentary. Oh, um, Johnny Gosh. Yeah, something like Johnny Gosh. You know, mm-hmm. that. Hey, look, man, <laughs> these mics are hot, mm. and I've I've felt really uncomfortable doing that uh that documentary and talking about the stuff we were talking about because if that shit is real, then we're talking about some really dark people. But I've heard the stories of child trafficking. It's not unfathomable to, for me to believe that somebody bought a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go any further into it because it is the dawn of Halloween. And Halloween's right on coming around the corner. And even though the sun is still up, I don't like to think about no. those people coming and knock on your door. No. The people that clean up the uh, the child trafficking conspiracy believers. I don't oh, want to even think about somebody you, with shade, yeah, yeah. shades. Hey man, uh, we heard your podcast. Can we talk to you? C- come get in our van. Uh, yeah, sounds. You're good. gone. They make up a story. <laughs> yeah, Alvin's a drug addict now, and we haven't seen him. No. So, <laughs> so yeah. Apparently, they bought a kid, and we're mm. gonna, you know, wow. we're not even gonna, you know, speculate any further about, you know, the details of that. So, and yes, according to Mary, her mother was bathing this child sex slave, who is, you know, America's unknown child. And he threw up, because, and which so he was I, already on a you know short leash. You know, just, yeah, uh, for sure. So um, I don't find it hard to believe. Also, because of the fact that it was, I don't know how much of this was available to the public in nineteen or in, in two thousand two, or if this was like a well known story. But a lot of the details that she's giving match up to the original story. Mm-hmm. They found the boy. He was in a bassinet box. Mm-hmm. She says his... that he had throw up in his throat. Mm-hmm. He was wet as if he had been submerged. If she mm-hmm. was bathing him, then he would be wet. Man. So a lot of it adds up, but this is not, the story's not been solved. So this this is just a, a theory. Right. At the, right, you know, this isn't the official story to this day. Um. So she said all that. She went out to the woods and they put him in a box. And uh, so the investigators were convinced that Mary was telling the truth even if she was mentally unstable because she was talking to a therapist. So, but I mean, you know, getting mental help doesn't make you mentally unstable. Mm. Let's not, let's not further stigmatize mental health issues. So they're saying she was mentally unstable. I'm not saying that. Uh, However, when Mary's name leaked to the press, she left the country. Mm. So, you know, neighbors of Mary, who are familiar with her living arrangement, disputed her claims of any children living in her house in the time frame that she claimed, 
going as far as dismissing them as ridiculous. But if you had a child sex slave, I don't think he would be playing around in the backyard where the neighbors would see him and think that he's a one of your kids. Right. You know, like you probably keep him in the basement or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, so. But this could also just be a lie. She could have lied, but that isn't that her neighbor saying, "I didn't see any kids over there." That isn't. Doesn't dismiss. That doesn't dismiss it. Right. Yeah, because if if she's telling the truth, this kid wouldn't be outside, fucking playing jacks. Right. <laughs> you know, so that didn't. I'm still very intrigued by that theory. Um, but I wasn't able to find further research. And as a matter of fact, the story that I read said Mary, but another story I read just called her M. So they say Close her enough. name leaked out. I don't. I, I wasn't able to find her name. I'm, I'm assuming it's Mary, mm-hmm. and I, but it doesn't say the full name in this this particular um, Sounds like story. the same person me. Yeah, exactly. It's somebody with an M name yeah. who remains anonymous uh, right. and didn't want to take this to court. They left the country. Yeah, but again, what if that's because it? It's dealing with child trafficking. She had to get out of there. She didn't want to be caught up in the ring, man. Look, I don't even want to keep going, but the stuff that they say in that Johnny Gosh documentary about the millionaires and I mean, the, the upper elite people, get a whisper, the upper elite people are the ones that are doing this shit. They have enough money to hire people to, to kill you and get you up out of here as if you never existed. They had a ranch with a whole basement to where they kept the kids. I mean, he couldn't come home. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is creepy. Shit is crazy, man. So I don't think that it's insane that Mary had to leave the country when her name hit the you know, news. You know what's weird? I don't want to keep talking about this, but it, it, you kind of can't help it. Somebody turned up missing, you know, in Essex or whatever mm-hmm. recently. And it's like, and the first thing I thought of was like, oh, shit. You never know. <laughs> it's all those. Think about how many kids go missing a year. And sometimes it's just one crazy person just got their hands on a kid. But sometimes it's child trafficking shit, man. And we don't know the details of all that stuff. But based on Johnny Gosh, the documentary, apparently that web is pretty wide. And it's not always just some creepy dude who likes... He has a mental problem and likes to touch kids. Sometimes it's just a guy who's doing his job. And that's way sc- A guy that's like, oh, no, I love kids, man. I have a family. But I'm in the business of stealing kids, and I get paid very well for it. So I'm going to steal your kid. I gotta, I'm got i going to try to find a GPS chip, put it in Sophie's Yeah, throat. man, you got to, man. You got to. You got to, man. It's crazy out here. You got to do that, and you always got to have a, a AK-47 on you, apparently, because that's what America is now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's but, scary, man. It's, it's terrifying, right? <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna have kids, man. I, don't I just, blame in this conversation, we just—I <laughs> think this is the realization. I don't want to be responsible for a life. God, man, I, I barely escaped uh, be, making it through being a kid without being kidnapped <laughs> and all this shit, man. God, I—I I did it for me. I had to do the like, process man, again. I made it this far. God, man, we used to do some wild shit. What? <laughs> let's not even, you know, let's not even go down the road of the shit. Shit, we shouldn't have been doing, man. No, we should. We should have been murked, man. We shouldn't. Some stuff was just dumb. <laughs> Looking back, I think uh, fortunate for us, we weren't adorable little white girls, man. Yeah, they saw us. I had a belly. You were skinny <laughs> as hell. Yeah, yeah. You, like a, a tall haircut. They don't, they don't want... You know, like, like what do we? we can't get they money for these kids. That's fine. Ah, cool. <laughs> we'll continue to walk through these woods alone. <laughs> Going about our day. Going to stay at a Motel Six. Yeah. 
<laughs> stay at a roadside motel for the night because because somebody asked us to. God, man, we were just doing stupid shit, man. <gasps> Uh, so despite the fact that this case is still unsolved, even after 60 plus years and counting, mm-hmm. everyone involved in the investigations since the beginning still refused to give up on solving the case. After all, this child still deserves to have his name known and remembered. So let's all hope that one day it will be. That's the saddest part is that like they don't know this kid was never identified. They don't they, even they know. never they never like put his picture up or anything. They or? they um they they did a busk because it was 1957. They did a busk of what they think his father might look like. Oh. Like an artist came mm-hmm. and based on how the kid looked. That's what I'm saying. They didn't put his picture up though. There's there's I wasn't able to because he, he was pretty. Oh like, okay. Decomposed. Oh, and, gotcha. I mean it wasn't like he wasn't. They they were able to identify him as a blue eyed, uh, light blonde brown haired boy. But they couldn't put but his I picture up see, for somebody like, to be like I know who that is. Right? I saw photos, but I don't know if they are like the official photos or oh. a rendering. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there are photos out there, but there was another theory that um, this was the craziest one, and I don't believe it all. But there is some some interesting points in there. It was it, one of the other theories was uh, the the one of the detectives on the case. They weren't able to really find any leads, mm-hmm. so he reached out to a psychic, and the psychic called back and said. Uh, there's an orphanage near the, near the church, near where the body was found. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, within a mile of where the body was found, there was an orphanage. So they went to the the orphanage and they met two people. And there, this whole theory came along that there was a father and a daughter that worked at the orphanage. And the father killed this girl's little boy because they didn't want he didn't want people to find out that she had had a child outside of a marriage because mm-hmm. it was 1957. But the whole I found that theory was the boy was like eight. So why wouldn't you just kill a you just kill the baby? Mm-hmm. So you you kept it hidden for eight years, and then it was like, ah, I can't hide this kid anymore, and so now I'm gonna kill it to keep my daughter's oh, right, right. legacy gotcha. and keep her good name intact. It's like you could have just killed it when it was a baby if that's what you were gonna. If that's the fucked up shit you're on, like mm-hmm. you had a baby out of wedlock and the father and isn't around, then just kill the baby. And a baby you can. I feel like a a newborn baby is so I don't like to hold a newborn's baby. They make me uncomfortable because it feels like you could kind of just ball them up like a piece of paper. Yeah. Like you're just like, all right, baby's gone, throw it away. <laughs> they just are so like it's the it's about as vulnerable of a human being as you can be. Yeah. Aside from like you're still in the belly, mm-hmm. but once you come out, it's not like now your bones are your bones are like jelly and mm-hmm. it's just it's not safe. So. I think it's much easier to kill and dispose of a baby than an eight-year-old kid. So that theory also just isn't very strong. But it's interesting because you go, well, that would make sense why nobody came to claim him if he was an orphan. Because mm. nobody, this kid, they don't know his name. He's still John Doe. They don't know him. They don't know his name. So, mm. That's yeah. sad. That was the story of the boy in the box, also known as uh, America's Unknown Child. And, uh, yeah, you got any, more, got any more questions? Not involving child trafficking or child oh, trafficking rings? I mean... No, then I don't have any questions. Okay, I mean, do you have a? <laughs> I don't even want to. If you have one, I, I'll I'll go down the road with you. I'm not gonna leave you hanging out there by yourself. But no, I don't even want. I don't want to talk about. All it right, anymore. cool, man. That's yeah, cool. let's not. Let's not. Let's just move on, man. I want to make it to thirty. Uh, so <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's friends' turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. All right, folks, and we are back. Uh, just for a little bit of 
transparency, the prize that I was waiting for has arrived. Give it up to me for being resourceful and getting that two-day shipping. Shout out to Amazon Prime. And what do you think? Should I tell them or should they just be surprised me for them? What do you think? Just be surprised. Okay. So, uh, Alyssa Turtle, you will be getting a prize. Katie Rule, you will be getting a prize. And, of course, Antoinette Rogers, you will be getting a couple of prizes for your participation in the sticker contest. And I will also say be prepared for in the near future uh, for some nice, great uh, prizes to be given out to other participants in future competitions. That's all I'm going to say about it. Keep it spooky. Sorry. Fran, it is your affirmative murder, please. Okay. So my affirmative murder this week is John Edward Robinson. Okay. You know, have you heard of him before? I've not. Okay. So this guy, I mean, this story is like not like, you know, nothing sick or nothing like that. This dude okay. is just, he's a serial killer, obviously. That's yeah. why I'm doing him. He's a con man. Ooh. An embezzler. Ooh. A kidnapper. Oh. And a forger. Mm. Scam his life. Yes. I mean, this dude, some of the shit he does is To like, this day- in my opinion, the best story that you did was that black guy uh, who scammed uh, who scammed a nation. Black, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I, think, I think that this is the, I like when you get into this bag. I don't think he's not. No, this comp, is, not I don't know. Compare. I don't know. His stuff. The stuff he does is much, you know, more intricate. Yeah, it's just than the shit that guy was doing. This dude's way more smart. And I think what he did. That guy was using know, his looks. Yeah, the guy was using this his dude's looks. just using his brain. His brain, exactly. Cunning. But you, you're here. Okay. So Robinson was born in Cesario, Illinois, the third of five children of an alcoholic father mm. and a disciplinarian mother. Mm. In 1957, he became an Eagle Scout. Oh. And reportedly traveled to London with a group of scouts who performed before Queen Elizabeth II. Later that year, he enrolled in Quigley Preparatory Semin- Seminary in, mm. Co- in Chicago, Church. which is a private boys' school of aspiring priests. But dropped out after one year due to disciplinary issues. Mm. In 1961, he enrolled in Morton Junior College in Cicero to became a, to become a medical X-ray technician. He dropped out after two years. Mm. In 1964, he moved to Kansas City and married Nancy Jo Lynch, who gave birth to their first child, John Jr., in 1965, followed by a daughter, Kimberly, in 1967, and twins, Christopher and Christine, in 1971. Back to back to back. Ah, that's too much for me. That's way too much. <laughs> he only expected three. <laughs> but that extra one, when you're already too deep in kids and then the third is two is twins, that's yeah. the hardest hit. Yeah. Cause for me, if me and Sierra have kids and on the first go we get you twins, two? I'm getting a vasectomy. I'm done. I, we did it. We got two kids, man. It's perfect. That's the nuclear family. Yep. Even if it's not a boy and a girl, like it's if that's rare. Uh, but if it's like you know, two boys, two girls, whatever, that's two kids, man. At the same time, I, yeah, uh, I th- yeah, yeah, I think that any, if you're having like three, four, five, six kids, that's selfish, man. We only got one planet. You're not that special to have five kids. That's arrogance. Like you don't need to spread your seed that much, man. If you want three, but then the third busts out to be two, yeah, that's like, that's just that you, that I'm wasn't like, you weren't planning mm, for that. No, you know? like you know, because that you, when you when you're when you're pregnant as a couple with that third kid, you're like, yeah, man, we probably should be done after this. Yeah. And then you get to that point where you can tell, and it's like, oh, surprise, you guys got two of them. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. For all the fourth, for all the twins out there who are the third birth, one of y'all was a mistake. Oh, I've got <laughs> One of y'all was very, nobody was happy. 
not a lot of people were happy when you when they found out it was two of y'all in there. Now, who which one it is, that's up to y'all. Whoever was born first is the not the one. Whoever came out la- whoever was the fourth birth, <laughs> you they didn't want you, man. I'm sorry to say, but they wanted three kids. But yeah, man, if y'all out here having four or five kids on purpose, that's too much. Yeah. So Robinson was arrested for the first time in Kansas City in 1969 after embezzling 33000 mm. from the medical practice of Dr. Wallace Graham, where he had secured a job as an x-ray technician using forged credentials. Now, I told mm. you he dropped out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, after two years. He yeah. didn't finish. <laughs> no. That's, can't let that stop you, man. You got to follow your dreams. I mean, this dude reminds me of, what's that guy's name? Dr. Love. Some Love, yeah. Dr. Love, man. That dude... That dude convinced the world, or not the world, he convinced some stupid people that he was like Doogie Howser. Like, yeah, I know I'm 17, but I have a medical practice. And people were like, yeah, all right, man, yeah, I'll come see you. And That's he had insane. an office. That's insane. That was That is one of the most, that is one of America's best scams ever <laughs> in life. That dude is a legend. He is an icon. And he deserves the respect uh, of, of being appreciated for what he was able to pull over on people. Yeah. He scammed people into coming to him for medical advice, <laughs> and he just wore a lab coat and glasses. God, Dr. Love, man. <laughs> so he was sentenced to three years, th- he was sentenced to three years probation. In right. 1970, Robinson violated probation by moving back to Chicago without his, without his probation officer's permission. He took a job as an insurance salesman at, at the R.B. Jones Company. In 1971, he was arrested once again for an embezzling firm funds mm. and ordered back to Kansas City where his probation was extended. In 1975, he was he was extended again for after another arrest, this time um, on charges of security fraud and mail fraud in connection with the phony, quote-unquote, medical consulting company he mm. had formed in Kansas City. You know something? Man, this guy might be, Dr. <laughs> Love might be his protege. This might be the secret guy who taught Dr. Love all his uh, all of his skills. Um, maybe, but this dude is on a whole nother. This, oh yeah, he probably does some shit that Love probably wouldn't even. Oh yeah, think about he he wouldn't not even Dr. Love across those lines. Like you did that? No, that's too far. Yeah, but um, and I didn't even get to that point yet. Oh shit. Well, um, my question to you is because mm-hmm. this brings up a very good point that a lot the system that a lot of people get caught up in. So probation in this country is a son of a bitch, right? Mm-hmm. Would you rather? be on probation for 10 years or go serve a three-year sentence? And before you answer... It depends on what yeah, bef- probation. Yeah, exactly. The average probation is you can't leave the country, mm-hmm. you have to check in, uh, you have to do drug screenings, mm-hmm. and then if you reoffend in any kind of way, even the smallest one, the probation officer can send you back to jail anyway. Mm-hmm. So no. you kind of you are always stressed out about committing a crime, whereas you could go in, all right, three years is kind of extreme. Would you rather, just to make it small, would you rather do five years of probation or like a six-month sentence? Because a lot of times that's what it is. You just go in, do your six months. and You might not even do six months. I yeah, just, exactly. I do that. Yeah, because like a lot of people get constrained yeah. by those th- that probation law stuff, man, where it's like you're afraid to reoffend. You're stressed out. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's affecting. It affects a lot of rappers. Get a curfew and shit. Yeah, exactly. It affects a lot of rappers because they're like, "This is the only way I can make money. I, I don't have a regular job." Mm-hmm. And now you're saying I can't go to Albuquerque in Texas and mm-hmm. to go get my. I have to stay here. Like I can't. That's not gonna work. Whereas you could have just went in and did. 
18 months, quote unquote, but you serve six, seven of them and then you come home free. Nothing on you. Yeah. But some people, I don't know, man. I see people out there on probation, you know, got the box on their ankles and that's house arrest. Yeah, that's house arrest. Okay, never mind. But they do got curfews and shit, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all kind of shit, nah, man. Nah, bro. Yeah. You got to talk to somebody. Mm. Yeah, call all the time, and they nah. can get somebody oh, breathing down your back, pretty much. Nah, I'll just do my time. Because this guy just kept, I mean, this guy was not doing little things. He just was like, I know I'm on probation, but the I got to do money. he was going to do from home. Forging documents yeah. and shit? I'm on probation, but let me go start this uh, fake medical clinic real quick. But, I mean, he, what I just read right now is nothing to... What oh, it gets crazy. To. This was just this is this is pennies. This is baby stuff. Yeah. Embezzling thirty grand was just that was just that was a Wednesday. Basically. Damn. So during this period, Robinson cultivated and maintained the outward appearance of a community minded citizen and family man. He became a scouts master, a baseball coach, and a Sunday school teacher. Oh, that's kind. <laughs> I think that was just a set of the other shit. <laughs> um in 1970, yeah, in 1977, he talked his way onto the board of directors of local charitable organizations and forged a series of letters from his executive director to, to the mayor of Kansas City and from the mayor to the other civic leaders, commending his generous volunteer efforts wow. and generally <laughs> singing his praises. So this guy wrote a bunch of fake letters sucking, yes. sucking his own dick. Yes. Like, this guy is so great. He's amazing. You should make him your board of directors. And then I'm going to go ahead and make a guess. He siphoned money from this charity. I'm going to assume, right? He robbed this charity blind, I would guess. I would think he did. I don't think they mentioned that. Oh, okay. Though. I don't think he was just on this board of directors just because he loves charity. No. You, but it's just the shit he... All right. Eventually, he, he had made himself the name of... He had made himself named the organization's man of the year and through a festive awards, uh, you know, party or whatever yeah. in his honor. I like that. <laughs> that's the type. That's the type of scamming I fuck with. Just just you. It's almost it's it's, it's a little it's a little Trumpish. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you I'm so great so that you believe that. And now everybody treats me like I'm great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw myself apart. Yeah. But I'm going to say. Oh, they they wanted to throw me the party. I didn't even want to be here. Yeah. Come on, guys. I'm humble, but it's your forged, your your fake person through the party. It's you though, and you're like, come on, guys, please. I don't need all this, but that's exactly what you need. Yeah, I fuck with that. I fuck with that. So in 1979, Robinson finally completed probation, but in 1980 he was arrested again on multiple charges, mm. including embezzlement mm. and check forgery for which he served 60 days in jail in 1982. This guy really does, like, he does very sexy crimes. Like, these aren't, he's not robbing liquor stores and embezzling. Yeah, this is a come up. (laughs) This guy needs, he wants the money. He wants to live a lavish lifestyle illegally. Yeah, I'm not out here criming to crime. I'm out here criming, so eventually I'm going to hit that major lick. (laughs) I'm going to embezzle a million dollars from something. God. So after his release, he formed a bogus hydroponic hydroponics business and swindled twenty five thousand from a friend. That's a lot. Fr- that's not that's not five hundred dollars. No, that's twenty five grand. Twenty five grand. And then, of being like, and, hey guy, hey man, I got a real good business idea. You should invest. And listen to this. This is the fucked up part. So he swindled twenty five thousand dollars from a friend to whom he promised a fast investment yep. return so that he could pay for his dying wife's health care. God damn. 
this guy, yeah, he shits on your fucking uh, the sexy man. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 heartless. <laughs> that's Bernie Madoff shit. That's major shit. And then I read all this shit. Yeah, no, I can get it. You give me the money, I'll flip it. I'll turn your twenty five into fifty, man. But you can get you can get Lynette her uh, yeah. cancer treatment. And what I said at the beginning, oh. I've read all this shit, and he hasn't even killed one person yet. Uh, I didn't even think about that. Damn. <laughs> one thing I'll say though. Based on what I've read so far, if this guy killed somebody, I'm assuming it was necessary. To, I'm assuming man. this murder wasn't just like I snapped and I killed him. It's like I'm gonna kill you and no. then take your life insurance money. Man, you gotta re- you gotta listen to the one I had to tell stuff. I was like, you not understand with this guy. I'll get to it. <laughs> it's <laughs> this dude is crazy. It's, it's wild. So, Please continue. Uh, so at this time, he reportedly began sexually propositioning his neighbors' wives. Resulting in a fist fight with one of the husbands. Like, like, I'll you can fuck me. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what like, I. That's pay what I me to. Yeah, pay me to fuck you. Yeah, savage. <laughs> this guy. Oh, this is. I'm in. Okay, I'm. I was in already, but now I'm in. Cause that's the type of energy. That's that's that's. Oh man, that's that's a different type of energy. Like, hey, check this out, man. I know he's not hitting it right. You give me four hundred dollars. Anything he's doing has him making money. He's not doing this shit just just to be doing it. Everything he does has something that's that a, would have that come is up. A, that's a sick proposition to walk up to a woman that's married or not married up on like, hey, she man. She could jazz beat. Hey, lady, you looking for a good time? <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah, man, you, I'll fuck you for, if you pay me. <laughs> what, excuse me? That's cra- That's a wild even. That's crazy. Uh, so he also claimed to have joined a secret sadomasochism mm-hmm. uh, cult called the International Council of Masters. Oh. That sounds prestigious. Yeah, and to have become its quote-unquote slave master, whose duties include luring victims to gatherings to be tortured and raped by cult members. Oh, oh, oh. I thought this was just light light sadomasochism. I didn't didn't know they were out here raping people. Like that sadomasochist shit, like if he's the master, then he like, I'll whip you. I'll whip you and then say the safe word. But that sounds like they just kidnap people and rape them. Yeah. That's... And torture them against their will. Yeah. That sounds no, no, no kink no kink shame. We don't kink shame, but that that's a very extreme sadomasochist. I thought sadomasochist <laughs> was like, Oh, I'm tied up and you're tickling me with a pigeon feather, but I can't oh no. Uh come quiet, come quiet. You like say the secret word and they uh, stop. That just sounds like he's just kidnapping people and raping them. Yeah. That's exactly what that's Yeah, that ain't that's not <laughs> consensual. That sounds awful. So in 1984, having started two more, two more fraudulent shell companies, Damn. EQ Plus and EQ2, Robinson hired Paula Godfrey, who was 19, mm. to work as a sale representative. Godfrey told friends and family that Robinson was sending her away for training. Now, again, I'm a facts type of guy. Mm-hmm. You have to show me, I don't know what documents he, you know, convinced her, she convinced her with or job. something. You have to. Bring another represent takes. I mean, no, re- another salesperson with you yeah. or something. You're not just gonna come to me and be like, "Look, you know." I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. You got you got caught up in. Uh, you got caught up. You worked for a scam. When? Didn't you just go to work one day? One of those jobs you was working like when you was like 19 and the whole office was gone. That's when I was working with autistic kids. Oh, that's what that job was. Yeah. Well, what happened? Some African people was like fraud, mean stealing. Healthcare money or some shit like that, and they were just gone, right? That shit just closed down. We, 
Man, I never forget that we was in there. They didn't show. Did chilling. they show you some? You they had to show you some shit, right? What to, for you to believe them? I had a friend that was working there already. Oh, see, that's how I can go sometimes. And then we was in there, you know, I was you know working with my client, and then FBI just came in that motherfucker and took over everything, bringing down files. It was, I ain't never seen no shit like that before. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, this shit is going. I down. think it just answers your own question. Sometimes you can just go like that. <laughs> hey, somebody. Hey, uh, somebody coming to you that you trust and goes, hey, man, I met a guy today. He told me he was, uh, I know you're looking for a job. This guy's hiring. And you go, okay, cool. You show up. The guy says, well, we pay you this much, and these are your hours, and you can start today. You go, oh, Yeah, but you're not sending me away to another state for training, supposedly. I think that I think you can make that sound fun. Where mm. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, cool, yeah." So we're gonna so we're gonna send you to Indiana. We're gonna give you a per diem, give you like a hundred bucks. We're gonna put you up in a hotel, and then you just go to this little seminar. Oh yeah, really? Oh, I'd love to go. Mm. I think you could, maybe you if you're in dire that... need for money, you're poor out of you know <laughs> anything that got something to do with flying me away. I'm not with it. No, you're not with that. No, I'm not. That's like a perk. Mm. Nope. <laughs> that's, for nope. this to be where you're like nah that's where you cross the line this job sounds terrible no. most jobs that uh fly you places are typically like jobs that's like a perk mm. you're like nah, nah that's a that's an inconvenience for me and i don't want to be on a plane nah. unless it's like unless unless he was like he pulled he he pulled some bullshit he's saying he was under like walmart or something like that Oh, like he was attached to their yeah. business? Oh, then wow. maybe you make, you you get me with that, because I know that's a legitimate company. Oh wait, so you're saying that you wouldn't believe that they're flying you somewhere because that doesn't sound if like a company s- is not if it's some bullshit. But how do you know it's bullshit though? You don't know. If I never, no man, just no. You never heard of it? No, I didn't apply for it. Hell no. <laughs> I'm not trying. You never come to me with no bullshit. I don't know nothing about. Hey, look. Get off. Get on this plane. Get on this plane. Send you off for training. We're gonna, see, you know, we're gonna pay you this, this, and this. Like no. Then next thing gonna... you know, you you get an adult trafficked. See, it goes, it goes full, <laughs> it goes full circle, man. That happens too. Yeah, we not gonna go into that. Yeah, man. let's move on, man. Continue <laughs> with your story, man. Uh, yeah. So she told her friends that Robinson was sending her away for training. After hearing nothing further from her, Godfrey's parents filed a missing persons report. Mm. Police questioned Robinson. Who denied any knowledge of her whereabouts? Mm. I don't know who you're talking about. It's a like business trip. No, nah, I don't know that person. No. Bit, I don't even own a business. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, several days later, her parents received a typewritten letter with Godfrey's signature at the wow, bottom. Wow, from her. Thanking Robinson for his help and asserting that she's that she was okay and did not want to see her family. Wow. And this is crazy because the investigation was terminated. It was like she's legal. Good she's good legal enough. of age. Yeah. This letter is clearly legal. real. Wow. What year is this? The eighties? Uh eighty yeah. I mean, yeah, man. It's crazy how far we've come along, even in just like what's that, thirty low like thirty plus years. Cause there's no I don't I don't believe that would fly in two thousand eighteen. Like your kid's missing and it's just like, Hey guys, I'm fine. Don't worry about me and I don't ever want to see you again. <laughs> Love your kid, and then everybody's just like, "Well, case closed." No, she clearly just doesn't love you guys. Y'all come to me with that shit. We fighting. I'm fighting y'all. <laughs> like that's not what? even her signature. <laughs> that's not even what her signature looks like. Get this. Go find my kid. This is a typewritten letter. What do you mean? <laughs> well, can't do nothing. Yeah, hey, she's an adult, so nah, she just never wants to see you again. Yep. Come on, man. Yeah, so the investigation was terminated, and Garfield was 
was of legal age and there was no evidence of wrongdoing. And so he skates away once no again. No trace of Paula Goffrey has ever been found. Wow. <laughs> In 1985, using the name John Osborne, now this is the one I was talking about. In 1985, using the name John Osborne, he met Lisa's, Lisa Stassi and her four-month-old daughter, oh. Tiffany. At a battered woman's shelter in Kansas City. Come on. He promised Lisa a job in Chicago, an apartment, and daycare for her baby. Mm. Now, if I was in a situation, nah, I'd probably believe that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There, you you did a story. I remember you did a story about, like, the most notorious African serial killer. And he was telling people, like, you could come work in my restaurant or whatever. And he was using that same kind of thing, like, preying on people's being poor mm. to be like, Oh, I can get you a job. I can get you a house. I can yeah. get you this immediately. I'll take you right out of the situation, yep. and then they will go with him, and then he yeah. murdered them. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a very disgusting uh, way to get people for somebody that's in need, that's vulnerable like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, go to, that's easy. And then especially if you like go to the battered women's shelter, yeah. mm-hmm. you go to the homeless shelter. Like that's like it's like a feeding ground. Like how yeah. we were talking about those ghettos, like that. That is the same thing. Like you you go to a concentration of a bunch of women who are at their lowest point, mm-hmm. feel unsafe, they have a kid to protect, and you're like, yeah, rubbing your hands like Birdman, like, yeah, look at all this uh, potential murder I can do. Yeah. It's disgusting, man. Also, I meant to mention this in the beginning, I forgot. This dude, Robinson, is like one of the first like internet predator type of guys. Like, He used the internet too? Yeah, this dude is one of the first. This dude generation, basically man. one of the first guys that you know that started doing that hey, shit on the internet. Hey, come meet me at the mall. This guy does it he all. He laid the foundation for that. So he made it through. He went through the seventies, the sixties, the eighties, the nineties, scamming everybody. He he went through every scam of the last fifty years, pretty much. It's crazy. That's crazy. That is. That's a scam. <laughs> that's that's pioneer scam. I've never heard of this guy that's ever. Pi- that's 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 how he wants it to be. That's <laughs> that's the true marker of a of a scammer. They don't want you to know who they are. Yeah. Doctor so, Love didn't want to be famous. Yeah. Um. So again, he offered her a job, an apartment, and daycare for her baby, mm. and asked her to sign several sheets of blank stationery. So he could get her signature. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's probably how he got uh, homegirls. The last girl he just, you know, he just, yeah, I need you to just practice on this piece. And he studies it. Oh, damn. A few days later, Robinson contacted contacted his brother and sister-in-law. You listening? Mm-hmm. Contacted his brother and sister-in-law, who had been unable to adopt their baby through tra- tra- traditional channels and informed that no, he, no. he knew of a baby no. whose mother had committed suicide. No. For $5,500 and quote, legal fees, Dawn and Helen Robinson received Tiffany Stassi, who was later identified to confirm the DNA and testing in 2000, and a set of authentic appearing adoption papers with the forged signatures wow. of two lawyers and a judge. Lisa Stassi was never heard from again. The mom. The mom. Wow. What is he doing with these women? Where is he? Where? How are they never being heard from again? What the fuck? He took her daughter and sold her for for business purposes. Wow. And this is like I'm I'm he- all these I'm hearing all the awful scamming stories that we've done. Like I did a story about a guy who uh he killed his baby's mom mm-hmm. to to steal her when we and he took her to her to friend's house. Mm-hmm. That was an awful way to do that. That it that was there was no way that that was going to work out to to kill the mom and leave her there with the other kids and 
take one of the kids that's a witness and bring him to the aunt's to the friend's house and then go, oh, we're gonna come back and this dude did it. The that's how you do it. You shouldn't. You shouldn't do it. Let me be clear. You shouldn't steal kids and sell them. But if you do, you get a forged letter from a judge to keep a low profile. Oh my god. He got the he. Anything, any process you're supposed to go through and documents you're supposed to have, he has them. That's insane. That no is legitimate insane. lawyers. Sign- That's insane. I mean. He didn't just say, give me money. He said, no, no, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I, if it was up to me, I'd just give you the kid because you deserve it. But the lawyers, they need their lawyer fee. Who would second guess him? He's not like, hey, man, br- bring me the money in a brown envelope and I under this bridge. Like, nah, man, I look, I mean, I hate to even ask, but the, the lawyer fees, I, they, I, I can't cover them. And so they they need about fifty five hundred dollars from you. Not even about about he's even question. They need fifty five hundred dollars from you. That even sounds like a real, you know, no kind of uh, arbitrary numbers. They're never just like we need. Like the IRS is never like you owe us four hundred dollars. Like you owe us four hundred and forty seven dollars. He's not being greedy. It's like he's doing something with. It, so it's like, well, I'm not. It'll keep me a little profile. I'm not going to get caught. That's crazy. That is wild. Yeah, that's I mean, just a quick lick. Like I just need, I need, I need five grand. So let me go ahead and steal this baby and kill the mom and get rid of her. Oh, my 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 brother is as they need a kid. kid. They can't go down to the battered women's shelter, steal the mom. That's crazy. You think he's using like acid? Like where are the women? Where are all the women? They are never heard from again. That's a crazy sentence. That's wild. Yeah. In nineteen eighty-seven, Catherine Clampett who was 27, left her child with her parents in Wichita Falls, Texas, and moved to Kansas City to find an apartment. Oh, I'm sorry, to find employment. Mm-hmm. She was hired by Robinson, who reportedly promised her extensive travel and, and a new wardrobe. She vanished in June of that year. Her missing persons case remains open. From 1987 to 1993, Robinson was incarcerated. First in Kansas from 87 to 91 on multiple fraud convictions and... Thereafter, in Missouri, for another fraud conviction and parole violations. Um, at Western Missouri Correctional Facility, he met 49 year old Beverly Bonner, the prison librarian, who, upon his release, left her husband and moved to Kansas to work for him. Wow. This dude got the sauce, man. He's, uh, <laughs> he's drenched in it. He's covered in it. That's crazy. To be a prisoner in jail, even if I would assume he's like at a white collar jail, if that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's a myth or not. Like if you commit these kind of crimes, you go to a different prison. I don't know if that's real, but mm-hmm. that's what I've been conditioned to believe. To win over an employee at the fucking prison and then when you get out, they leave their husband Who and come it? to yeah. you. That's wild. Yep. Also... This dude is eating bids like it's nothing. Like he's two years here, six months here, three here. Like, I I picture him laying back with his hands behind his yeah, head. I'll like, get out soon. I'll be out soon. Yeah, a little bit. I'm thinking of, here. thinking of the next scam. <laughs> <laughs> dude, using his time wisely. He's like he's not wasting anything. No. Uh, so after Robinson arranged for Bonner's alimony checks to be forwarded to the Kansas City to the Kansas Post Office box, her family never heard from her again. For several years, Barna's mother continued forwarding her alimony checks, and Robinson continued cashing them. And she was dead for years, probably. Uh, probably immediately. Like, all right, cool, so we're going to go to the P.O. box, get this set up for the alimony checks to come here. She's gone. Made her disappear like the other ones. Mm. That's crazy how these women are just gone, too. That's wild. Yep. By then, Robinson had discovered 
the internet and roamed various social network sites, social networking sites using the name Slave Master, looking for women, looking for women who enjoyed playing the submissive partner role during sex. Yeah. An early online correspondent was Sheila Sheila Faith, who was 45, whose 15 year old daughter Debbie was wheelchair bound due to spina bifida. Let me guess, did she get medical checks or something from from the government or something? Robinson, portraying himself as a wealthy businessman and philanthropist, offered to pay Debbie's medical expenses and give Sheila a job. In 1994, the mother and daughter moved from Fullerton, California to Kansas City and immediately disappeared. Robinson cashed Faith's pension checks for the next seven years. That's crazy, man. <laughs> that is insane. So you can... He's... Getting money, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm sorry. Doing it in I even, terrible ways. I'm sorry I even disrespected him by comparing him to that black dude who told you went to Jamaica. It's not even close. No, it's not even close at all. <laughs> that dude was a peasant compared to this guy. This dude is a major league scammer. And then he found the internet, the the the, <laughs> the, the ocean of idiots. I mean, dumb people are on the internet. Oh my god. So gradually, Robinson became well-known in, in the increasingly popular BDSM online chat rooms, which is like erotic practices mm-hmm. or whatever. In 1989, he offered a job in a bondage relationship to Isabella Lewicka, a 21-year-old Polish immigrant living in Indiana. When she moved to Kansas City, the still-married Robinson gave her an engagement ring and brought her to the county register. I'm guessing that's where they get married. Yeah. Uh, where they paid for a marriage license that was never picked up. Of course not. I mean, it was just throwaway money. He could just throw away yeah. just to get this. Yeah. The part that's the craziest to me is that it's just been so many stories involving women. He clearly just is a sociopath who has no like none of these women were able to make him stop or nope. be like, oh, I'm in love with you. He's like, nope, you're a paycheck. I'm going to yep. do this. Use you. Go here. Boom, boom, boom. I don't care about you. Don't care about anybody. I only care about me. It's like, he has <laughs> kids, out. You he has kids you. out there. Well, he just left them, right? What happened with that? Yeah. That, that never yeah, was even brought up again. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, he, has so three, was... he has three kids <laughs> just out somewhere in the world. Maybe he's sending some of that money back. I don't know. Doubt it. <laughs> me too. I doubt it. Uh, it is unclear whether Lewicka believed she and Robinson were married. She told her parents... She had married but never told them her husband's name. Why? I don't know. She did sign a 115-item slave contract that gave Robinson almost total control over every aspect of her life. What type of Fifty Shades of Grey shit is that? I have no idea, including her bank accounts. Um, Sometime during the summer of 1999, she disappeared. Of course. Robinson told the web designer he employed that he... that. Robinson told a web designer he employed that she had been caught smoking marijuana and deported. Wow. And they're just like, okay, boss. sounds That's good enough for me. People just be taking these <laughs> excuses that this guy's yeah. given and just don't ever ask questions again. I want to know if he's coming up with them like... Oh, he, that, he already knew that as soon as he... Yeah. <laughs> whatever he's doing to kill him, he already knew. Like, I'm going to tell them that she got, she got sent back to her country. And then that's the end of that. Around the time of Lewicka's disappearance, a licensed practical nurse named Suzette Truton moved to Michigan to Kansas to travel the world with Robinson as his submissive sex slave. Truton's mother received several type letters signed by her daughter and purportedly, purportedly mailed 
while the couple was abroad. Oh, so he took this one on this girl on some trips. That's what he said. That's what it. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> what I he, mean, he had to, you know, do that to keep the parents, you know, to keep them, you know. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got belief for a second. Like, well, maybe they went on and took right. her somewhere. Uh, although the the envelopes all bore Kansas City postmarks. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I should have just waited. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, letter- <laughs> we're in Beijing right now. We, uh, you know, we'll be back home soon, Kansas. On the that's the that's the type of details that people would be like months from now be like oh yeah. wait how did I not think of that the stamp says Kansas City <laughs> damn uh, the letters were her mother said uncharacteristically mistake free I mean this dude is He's good man yes you know what he is he's good enough to get rid of suspicion long enough for him to get out of dodge yeah like and he does I'm, it quick too he's not waiting too long exactly he's like you know, does it, hits everybody that he needs to hit with mm-hmm. the, the lie, mm-hmm. and the lie is like a smoke screen that's long enough it's like, I'm gone. Yeah. I don't, you know, you don't, if, you, if you now think that your kid's dead, I don't care because I'm not involved. Yeah. I'm gone. Now listen to the, later Robinson told Truton's mother that she had ran off with an acquaintance after stealing money from him. That, wait, that's Boom. what? Wait, what? That's what he told the, her mother. Wow. So he like, did whatever oh, he did. I don't even know. Where, yeah, she's gone. Yeah, told her, she left, she did something, left me, Boom. Now she's out of my. I have yeah. nothing to do with this. Whatever happens from her completely. Now she, if they go, whatever happens, well, probably her boyfriend know, that she left him for it, did it. The mysterious boyfriend with no name. I don't know his name or where they went. <laughs> so over time, Robinson became increasingly careless. I mean, that that that's, that happens. Yeah. Um, and did progressively poor job covering his tracks. By 1999, he had attracted the attention of authorities in both Kansas City and Missouri as his name cropped up in more and more missing persons investigations. Robinson was arrested in June 2000 at his farm near Lake Singe. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Kansas City. This is in Kansas City after a woman filed a sexual a sexual battery complaint against him and another charged him with stealing her sex toys. Wow. Yeah. That is the that's the craziest crime. <laughs> <laughs> To be the dude that stole somebody's sex to you're gross. That's a nasty man. That is a nasty, nasty yeah. man. You stole somebody's sex toys? Gross. A woman's man. sex toys? Yeah, man. That's nasty, man. You just gonna, for what? Just, you can't sell them. <laughs> you just wanted them. Freak. Uh the theft charge in particular finally gave investigators the probable cause they needed to obtain search warrants. Yep. On the farm, a tax force found the decaying bodies of two women. Oh, Later identified as Abella Wicker, LaWicker, and Suzette Truton in two 85-pound chemical drums. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Did they find anybody else in, in the drums on the farm? Um, The farm. Wait. It's always yeah. the farm. So across the state line in Missouri, other members of the tax force searching a storage facility where Robinson rented two garages of found drum. three similar chemical drums containing corpses, Subsequently identified as Beverly Bonner, Sheila Faith, and her daughter, Debbie Faith. All five women were killed in the same way by one or more blows to the head with a blunt a blunt wow. instrument. He even kills uh, very um, disattached. Like, there's no sexual component. He's just like, well, I just need to kill this thing. Hit it over the head twice. Throw it in a barrel of, of sulfuric acid or whatever it is. Seal it up. Put it away. That's crazy. That's crazy. 
I mean, he did all this. You think he was just going to bury him somewhere? I knew. <laughs> I knew. Whenever you hear disappeared without a trace, they did something with sulfuric acid, putting them in a in a in a, a, a river with weights on them. Something that is beyond uh, dumb, typical dumb criminal shit. Like, I'm going to bury them or I'm going to chop them up. Even chopping them up is a little, that's advanced. But I knew, I knew, I knew. Barrels of barrels of chemicals. Yep. Uh. Okay. In two thousand two, Robinson stood trial in Kansas City for the murder for the murders of Suzette Truden, Isabella Lewicka, and Lisa Stassi, along with multiple lesser charges. After the longest criminal trial in Kansas in Kansas history, he was convicted on all counts. He received the death sentence mm. for the murders of Truden and Lewicka, mm-hmm. and life imprisonment for Stassi. Because she was killed before can before Kansas reinstated the death penalty. Mm. He also received a five to twenty year prison sentence for interfering with the parental custody of Stas of Stas's baby, um, who was twenty and a half years of kidnapping Truden and seven months for theft. Wow. After Kansas com- after his Kansas conviction conviction, Robinson received Robinson faced additional murder charges in Missouri. Based on the evidence discovered in the state, Missouri, a far more aggressive in in its pursuit of capital punishment convictions, Robinson's attorneys were anxious to avoid a trial there. I'm guessing the, 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 that always that always confuses me because you're saying Kansas City and Missouri, so I'm guessing it was Kansas City, Kansas, and yeah. then mm-hmm. Missouri. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know who thought of that. That was so <laughs> dumb. That was Why is there a Kansas City, Missouri, and a Kansas City, Kansas? If I was Kansas, I'd be like, why the why are y'all jocking our swag like this? So I'm guessing, yeah. So when you say Missouri, not and you say Kansas City, Kansas City is I'm assuming is in Kansas. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Missouri is the state of Missouri. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, so his his attorneys were were anxious trying to avoid a trial in Missouri. Missouri. Because yeah. then he could he could die there, right? Because yeah. they still have the death yep. penalty there. Uh Kansas has not has not executed anyone since reinstating its death penalty. Statute, statute in 1994. Mm. Chris Coster, um, the Missouri prosecutor, insisted as as a condition of any plea bargain that Robinson lead authorities to the bodies of Lisa Stassi, mm. Paula Garfrey, and Catherine Clamp- Clampett. I forgot about the oh, last damn. two. Um, Robinson, who has never cooperated in any way with the investigators, refused. Which I know sucks. Yeah. It's, I mean... You can, but at least you, based off of what they found with the other women, you can kind of get some kind of, I don't know. Still, though. For, like, they're, family? In a drum, they're in a drum somewhere, and we don't know where the drum is. So he said no, and nope. just was cool with getting the death penalty? Uh, I don't know. Mm-mm. Well, I'll just tell you. I'm going to keep reading, but I'll tell you. He's on death row now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, but Costa still faced pressure to make a deal because his case was not technically airtight. Among other issues, there were no unequivocal evidence that any of the murders had actually been committed within his d- jurisdiction. Robinson, on the other hand, faced pressure to pl- to plead guilty to avoid any almost certain death sentence in Missouri, mm. and failing that, yet another capital murder trial back in Kansas. Mm. When it became clear that the women's remains would never be found, which is fucked up, it's and terrible. I hate hearing that, uh, without Robinson's corpora- corporation... Um, a compromise of sorts 
was reached. In a carefully scripted plea bargain in October 2003, Robinson acknowledged that Costa had enough evidence to convict him of capital murder for the deaths of Godfrey, Clampett, Barner, and Faith. Though his statement was technically a guilty plea and was accepted such, such by the Missouri court, observers remarked that it was notably devoid of any contrition or specific acceptance of responsibility. So in this plea bargain, he didn't have to go take them to the bodies? No. Wow. That's crazy. He said, you want me to do what? Yeah, no. No. I'll say y'all got me, <laughs> but I'm not going to give you the bodies. No. That's wild. That's crazy. That's so... When you've been caught the way that he's been caught, and there's already like five bodies that they found, mm -hmm. for you to not give up those bodies is nothing short of just petty. It's how, not saving you anything. Right. You're not, you know. But how he is, to me, I think he's like, well... I still won. Yeah. You're not going to get this. You're, you're not going to get, exactly. I get something. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So he received a life sentence without possibility of parole for each of the five murders. In November 2015, the Kansas, the Kansas Supreme Court vacated the Truton and Stacy murder convictions on technicalities, but upheld the Lewicka conviction and its accompanying death sentence. The ruling marked the first time that Kansas' highest court has upheld a death sentence since reinstatement of capital punishment there in 1994. And Robinson currently remains on death row at the El Dorado Correction Facility in Kansas. Mm. So this is the aftermath of everything that just happened. In 2005, Nancy Robinson filed for divorce after 41 years of marriage, citing incompatibility of irre irreconcilable differences. Okay. In 2006, Lisa Stassi's daughter known since her adoption as Heather Robinson, that's her name, Yeah, filed a civil suit against Truman Medical Center in Kansas City and social worker Karen Gaddis. Wow. The suit accused Gaddis of putting John Robinson in contact with Stacy as her newborn daughter in 1984 after he told Gaddis that he ran a charitable organization providing assistance to to mothers of white babies. So he, oh. she's saying that was her fault why, you know, yeah, he came sounds, in and... She thought he was a good guy. I mean, you trying to sue me for money? Because that's what civil court is. I, I don't like that. To sue me because I thought you needed to be adopted. <laughs> and so I told a guy who said he was a nice guy mm. about it. It's like, I didn't know he was going to do that. Oh, yeah, true. so, well. I mean, she opened up a couple lawsuits. She gave, she won, I think she opened up two, won both of them, gave money to her biological grandmother. Oh. You know, from her. Yeah, from her, her mom. Her the Stassi, mom. The yeah. Stassies. Yeah, and, you know, just went on. That's it. Yeah. So My parents are my parents still, you know. She was like. I mean, she grew uh, up. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, so, his victim was Paula Garfrey, who was 19, remains never covered, recovered. Wow. Lisa Stassi. Who remains was never covered, recovered. Catherine Campbell, Clamp, Clampett, who was also never found. You got Beverly Bonner remains discovered at a storage facility in Raymore, Missouri. Mm -hmm. I think that was the, the that two. was the storage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And Sheila Fath and Debbie Faith Fath uh, remains of both. Is it Faith or Fath? I don't know. I'll say Faith. Is it an I in it? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Right. So Sheila Faith and Debbie Faith. Uh, they both was discovered in 
the facility, storage facility. Mm. As Isabella Isabella Lewicka and Suzette Truton, who was found at the farm. I mean, that's insane. I, I'm guessing he, you know, he got older, so it was just like, I can't. Yeah, I can't keep up with this man. <laughs> but instead of stopping, it was it was so much like his job. Mm. Or see, towards the end, I think he it, his his downfall more was his sexual appetite because the yeah. stuff that mm-hmm. was saying he's got caught was him like assaulting women and being overly uh, uh like aggressive with that bdsm shit it wasn't a scam that got him caught no it was the internet and one being this yeah this the internet being this free playground to do whatever you want he's like oh yeah i want to fuck her and tie her up and do this mm-hmm. do that and then he met a woman or two who were like this is you went too far yeah. i'm <laughs> reporting you yeah so yeah, and you saw my my sex toys. Oh yeah, that was weird. I forgot you know. about that. Yeah, man, he, he got caught up on some weirdo shit. Like it wasn't like he one of his brilliant scams got busted because the scams were airtight seemingly. Yeah, it was just um, like you said, you know, he went too far with the ladies he was with, and then one of them was like, "Well, you know, I'm gonna report you." Yeah, they already had his name. Cause he was tied up in he was some tied kind up, of way, but they just wasn't sure yet, yeah. and they just needed that. And it was like, okay, when it stacks win. up, and you, once your name flags, and you've been in fifty stories where it's like, oh, I know her, but not really. Your name is in some kind of note in fifty stories, and with, oh yeah, she was, I was married to her, but she ran off with some guy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she did work for me, but she quit, and I don't know. Yeah, uh, I hired them for the day, but then they didn't come to work the next day, so I just and it's like, oh, this dude is tied up in all the fucking stories. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was John Edward Robinson. I mean, again, the con man, embezzler, the kidnapper, and the forger. Scammer Hall of Fame. God, did, he did it all. He, he had all the scammer badges. Yeah. Every one of them. <laughs> Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame scammer badges, <laughs> man. You got to grind to get those. All right. Well, um, I don't think uh, we have anything else to talk about. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. I didn't it's think, your week. I didn't think. <laughs> I didn't think you remember. This is your week, yeah. Go ahead and play the music. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Well, all right. Cool. And now it's time for True Crime's Hottest Game Show. Frazzle. Alvin. Frazzle friend, frazzle friend, solves a riddle like no one can. If he fails, that's okay. He's a superstar either way. Look out, it's time to frazzle friend. I'm in uncharted territory here, man. So um, yeah, go t- take it away. I don't, I don't know. I don't have a thing to say. Or the, the ship is we yours. Need, man. We need to get you a, you know, intro song there. I'm not gonna be doing this. This is not frazzle me. It's frazzle you. No, <laughs> this is a this is a one off. But this gonna... is no. But we should have had one just for you. Well, um, Sierra was out of town doing hillbilly mm-hmm. shit, sure. and I had no one to sure. co-write a jingle with this. Now weekend. it's gonna be tough because I don't know which one, the ones you have seen. <laughs> so I'm just I'm gonna just go with this one, and okay. then we just gonna we just gonna go with it. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not I, I like to be fair. Sure. Okay. Well, if I when I'm reading it, and if you, I, that's what I'm saying. Okay, that's what I'm all saying. right. A lonely old man lived in his house in a suburb of a city. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar yet? No. No. Okay. He never left the house for long. Okay. 
It was Midsummer Friday mm-hmm. when the mailman walked by and called out for the man. There was no answer. Okay. The mailman looked into the window and saw him in a pool of blood. When the policeman arrived, he found Tuesday's newspaper, two bottles of warm milk, and one bottle of cold milk. The okay. next day, the killer was arrested. How did the police find out who it was so quickly? Okay, so the mailman... Sh- okay, read it again. Okay. A lonely old man lived in his house in the suburb of a city. He never left the house for long. It was midsummer, Friday, when the mailman walked by and called out for the man. There was no answer. The mailman looked into the window and saw him in a pool of blood. Mm-hmm. When the policeman arrived, he found Tuesday's newspaper, mm-hmm. two bottles of warm milk, and one bottle of cold milk. The next day, the killer was arrested. How did the police find out who it was so quickly? They found Tuesday's newspaper, two bottles of warm milk, and what else? Two bottles of warm milk and one bottle of cold milk. One bottle of cold milk. And it was on a Friday. It was. It was on a Friday that the mailman came. It was Midsummer Friday. Midsummer Friday. So that third bottle, the milkman just dropped off. So Friday, so then Thursday, Wednesday, the milk, the two, the two warm milks, and then Tuesday was Tuesday's mail, Tuesday's newspaper. Um, yeah. But the mailman didn't drop off the newspaper. So the mailman... The mailman, he just showed up and and, and, and didn't even do his job because he, he saw a body. Okay, all right, okay, that's fair, that's fair. I'm going to go with the newspaper man. It's your final answer. Newspaper man, final answer. Newspaper man, final answer. His final answer. Yeah, newspaper, newspaper man, final answer. Okay. Well, you're wrong. You failed. What is it? I've been waiting to do that for so long. (laughs) (laughs) What is it then? The milkman? It was obviously the mailman. He knew (sighs) that no one in this house would read a newspaper on Wednesday or Thursday. Wait, what? Okay. No, because, all right, so you got me. But, what? So he knew nobody would read the newspaper in the house on on what? It was Midsummer Friday Uh when the mailman walked by and called out for the man. Yeah. There was no answer. When the police arrived, he found Tuesday's newspaper, Uh two bottles of warm milk, and a bottle of cold milk, and one bottle of cold milk. Uh And this was Midsummer Friday. Uh Uh-huh. When the policeman arrived, he found, yeah. So the next day, the killer was arrested. How did he find out who it was so quickly? So in the beginning, it says the lonely old man lived in his house in the suburb city. He never left the house for long. Okay. And it was a midsummer Friday. Mm-hmm. It's midsummer. Yeah. 
It's hot. I don't know what you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just reading it again for you. Okay, I was just you know, the de- no, no. I I heard the I heard the. You know what, man? You got me. I don't even care. Whatever. We're not doing this anymore. I thought that. Uh, I didn't think I didn't know that the mailman delivered newspapers, but you know I guess I'm you know hey, I'm wrong. I didn't make know. it. Okay. I didn't make the riddle, brother. When's the last time you delivered a newspaper? I don't think that that's a mail a mailman's job. You so deliver newspapers sometimes. Some people get you? some people get the uh, the uh, what is it the Eagle Dundalk's new paper? I don't know what it's called. Local paper. <laughs> All right. Well, I wasn't under the impression that the mailman delivered newspapers. So hey, I don't want to hear no excuses. You're wrong. Okay. Okay. Well, I've been. They you frazzled Alvin this week. Yep. Um, God, <laughs> that was a stupid <laughs> riddle, and I don't like sure it. Sure, it was. And uh, now you know how I feel. I've mm. never picked one that that doesn't. That's just dumb. Milk and all these things. Okay. Who drinks milk? Milk is bad for you. You shouldn't drink milk. So um, that's already. I'm anti this riddle, and I don't appreciate it. But this was um, okay. Uh, we can do something where every time, every like almost like a Starbucks punch card, if you want, like every three you get. You get me. Okay. But this isn't my segment, man. This is about frazzling you. Mm-hmm. So uh, this has been another episode. You a bit frazzled over there. I was not frazzled. I was very confident in my answer, and I stand by my answer because I've never seen a goddamn mailman give me a newspaper. That's the newspaper man. Comes by in a van, throws out the window. Little kids don't do it anymore because, you know, they could get kidnapped. By oh, this, the hey, man. No. Uh, uh, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. Uh, happy Halloween to everybody. Be safe and make sure you check your kids' candy for uh, your own purposes yes. to eat them because it's delicious. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Deuces. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.